Coming up on this episode of the podcast, we have Guillaume. Guillaume? Guillaume. Anyway, total cool French guy. Takes us all over the place, telling us these wonderful cooking adventures from all over the world. He's now at Burley Pav, kicking heaps of goals down there. You're going to love this one. Mr. Guillemier Zika? Yep, Guillaume. Guillaume. Guillaume be something. Oh. It feels like I'm asking for something now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Frenchman? Were you born in France? Yep, in Paris. Paris. We're going to come back to that. So right now, I want to tell everyone that we're at Burley, and that would have to be one of the better beaches in Queensland and probably the best one in the Gold Coast. And we are looking out at this beautiful dark blue, slightly lighter, turquoisey, beautiful beach, waves rolling in. Around the point here at Burley Pavilion. And Gumia is, say it again, how do you say that? Guillaume. <laughs> Guillaume uh, <laughs> is the head chef and uh, opener. You've been here since the start? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, since you started and you've come here, there's been a lineup of 100 people outside the door just about every day. How the hell did you do that? Well, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really impressive because Burley, it's a really small town. Yeah. And before we opened, we were a little bit scared about, you know, it's a big venue. We've got yeah. over over 700 seats. Yeah. Uh, so like, wow, what, what, how are we going to do it? But the, I think the location, uh, it's a big part of it. Yeah. Obviously, it's a building right on the beach. Well, like you, but you, you a lot cannot... of places have failed here. True. Yeah. <laughs> True. Or probably they never had the right concept yeah uh and this is the other thing so first the location then the concepts the fact you have a, a very simple offering uh, accessible to anybody uh, yeah you, like say, you say and you say very simple offering but you know it's it's off the chart simple it's not really simple it's amazing well but, that's good thank you yeah as as i was talking to you before i was here on on saturday and you know, the menu is, uh, it, like we were talking about over there before, it reads very simple, but the food when it comes out is, is amazing. And, and this side is different to where in the, the restaurant side would... So, yeah, the Burley Pavilion has got two different menu offering. We have um, the Burley Pavilion, which is much more, um, I wouldn't say simple food, but much more um, everyday food, but burgers, pizza, salads, fish and chips, things that you, you would eat every day, coming out the beach and then we've got our restaurant which is sing down um, table service dining still very casual um, and because we still want to be it's a, it's a big it's a big restaurant we've got around 200 seats so we still want to be accessible for everybody even person who comes at the beach uh, and uh, and um, and the food is a little bit more elevated obviously table service yeah so over there, you, you walk up and you order the pizza, and, and then you find your spot. Is that why there's a big lineup? Because everyone's rushing to get a spot to the yeah. to the to the to the beach. Yeah, but yeah. every table is good um, because we've got big windows and the terrace is completely yeah. foot open. But obviously, there's still the best table which are right in front of the windows. Yeah. And the far bit down there is that different again? Because it sort of like there's, there's this bit, then there's the middle bit. Is that end bit? Is that all just Burley Pavilion as uh, well? Is that yeah? So it's called the Beach Bar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it, it's the same than the, the it's, it's it's part of the, the Burley Pavilion. Yeah. So the mid the middle bit it's uh, it's covered. It's got more uh, long table. 
that's more the dining area. Yeah. Or you can, and the beach bars got more high tables and picnic tables, but which is you, you still come and 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 you can mm. have the same food offering than yep. the rest of the venue. Okay. Um, now you, we talk about the menu being simple, and I know you um, love good produce, and um, you know whether it be seafood or, or meats um, as well. Um, what is the secret uh, to the menu? You talked about just keeping it simple but doing it good. Is that is that it? Fresh, local. Yeah, um, but that's what um, I, I, I love: simple foods and I love comfort food. Um, and, uh, and and this is what we try to achieve. So on on the on the Burley Pavilion side, uh, so a simple burgers, simple pizza. Try to reproduce the classics with the salads as well, but using great products. So I've got a really strong fan dining background, and I always worked with amazing products. Uh, and this is something that I don't want to cut the corner with. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, for example, the, the, the mozzarella we use, it's probably one of the best in the markets. The, 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 the meat we use and the fish we use, always fresh. We don't use frozen fish. Yep. Uh, and the vegetables, obviously, same. We are, you know, it's, it's on some things, we can, we can go a little bit, down, I mean, onion, potatoes and things like that. Yep. But when, when the vegetable is actually the star the, the dish yeah uh we, we're not we're not cutting corner on those yeah and i think it's very important and the customer notice it I, I think that for me uh supplying um you know a fair few amazing restaurants the ones that actually do um really really well have the same philosophy as they want the good fresh flavorful in-season type product um and anyone who seems to want to skimp and um get saying not quite that uh, seem to be having trouble. So I think that, you know, it's it seems to make perfect sense. But I think when people are doing um, their costing potentially and, um, you know, that, that they, they struggle and they want to buy something cheaper, but it, it really comes out on the plate if you're using beautiful, fresh food, vegetables, seafood, all meat, but vegetables as well. Um, that's my theory anyway. Um, so you're doing... So uh, you're doing something else here as well? There's another renovation going on? Uh, it's, uh, w- w- we can't really talk about it because we haven't really decided of the concept. Ah, okay. But yeah, we're thinking of um, renovating downstairs where the pool used to be. Radio. Ah, that'll be, well, sure to be a success if you're behind it. Uh, how do you go about attracting such uh, a fantastic team? Because, you know, we've dealt with a few of the staff here and there's... And the food is consistent every single time as well. Is that is that hard, or is it just because they've got the best view in town as well? Um, how, how does that work? Even the waiters, everyone that works here is, um, you know, pretty amazing. And you obviously have to have a lot of staff. How, how, what's the secret in attracting fantastic staff? Well, it's um, it's it's a challenge, and every day, and we're hiring every day. Um, uh, it's. I think we're lucky again with the location that it's a completely open kitchen mm. and we've got an amazing view. Mm. Uh, so for, for, for the wait staff, it's great because it's a great environment. You don't mm. work in between buildings and on the small streets. And for the chefs as well, they don't work in between four walls in a small mm. um, old kitchen. Uh, our kitchen is only a year old today. So is it's, it today? 
Oh, not today. Like oh. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, birthday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think this is a really strong um, uh, selling point. Yeah. But we also have uh, different food offering, which and coming out from the same kitchen, which is again another strong point for us because we can hire um, different level. Uh, of chefs and cooks, yep. uh, and they have a lot of rooms to improve. So even if the person is working on the grill for the for the pavilion, cooking burgers and steak, uh, he knows that he wants to do well because he want he, he can get um, relocated to for the tropic. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, and the same for the for the for the dishi. Yeah, the dishi, the good one. We transfer them in the kitchen, and yep. they, and, and they work out their way like this. This kitchen that we can see or when people come to, to Billy Pavia, that is it. Is there any other prep area or is, is that what we're looking at? That's it. Wow. Okay. So That's a lot of stuff it. goes through there. It, it's a lot. But w what is really good, and this is the way I, um, I decided to, uh, to design it, is to keep it really compact yeah. uh, because there's always one section who's more busy than the other one. Yeah. So there's always people who can jump Yep. in other section to help yeah. and to, to go where the rush is. Yeah. Uh, and, and for myself, when I stand on the middle of the kitchen, I can see everything, yeah. which, is, uh, which is great yeah. because it's, it's easier to control. So we, we, we had a big, before we opened, we had a big um, uh, sort of maybe having two different kitchens for, for the Tropic and for the Pavilion. And, uh, and I was like, well, it's just not going to make it work. It's, yeah. it's just not worth it. We need we, have, we need to have more stuff. We need to have more equipment. Yeah. We need to, uh, the design of the of the whole venue will be completely different. Yeah. Uh, so we just decided to do like this to more treat it as a as a as a big team uh, that work together. So that sounded like a, a really great move to to make that that happen. And I think a lot of people make the other mistake of separating staff and you're there and you're there and it doesn't create that team building you know, experience. And, and like you said, with the chefs coming from younger to older, they could teach everyone's in the same spot. That's really good. Yeah. Um, tell me, let's dive back into your past a little bit. So born in Paris. Yep. Wow. I mean, so you're a chef born in Paris. I mean, that's like, you know, the ultimate, that's the, the, the captain of food, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> that, that already made culinary. my resume. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it's just, it. it's straight away easier to get a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. And if your name was Jean-Pierre, maybe, uh, that would help. Uh, yeah. Then, if people could say my name, you would yeah, help. Yeah, I know. I'm still learning. It's been, you know, 18 months or something since I first met you. And I'm like, yeah, was um, yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm working on it. Um, so you're born in Paris. What got you into food? Very young. It's a part of the culture, I imagine. But you know, what is what is? I'm sure everyone in Paris may not be able to cook. But what, what's no, the well, I, I couldn't cook when I was born, obviously. But my dad, <laughs> uh, my dad was a chef. Yeah, uh, okay. And uh, he'd been a chef. Is his whole almost his whole life and when the, he decided to stop being a chef when he turned 30 because he wanted to spend more time with with uh, me and my brother wow. uh, he was a bit over you know not being here for christmas for birthdays on the weekend and all those things uh so he stopped but beforehand before he stopped uh my my we had actually a family restaurant then that's that was in paris that when i, I was born in it 
so it was my grandma, uh, my mom, my dad who were managing it. Wow. And also and, and other family friends. Uh, and uh, and then they sold him. My dad went to work somewhere else, and then he stopped. Right. And uh, so my dad always was, um, even that he was not a chef anymore. He always was cooking at home. Yeah. And uh, cooking, especially for the not cooking every day, but more so for the family events, like Thursdays and when we were seeing families. And yeah. And I could see the joy that you people were actually having when yeah. when when he was uh, cooking for you know for them and. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a good feeling to make people happy like this way yes. with food. So this is always something that I was interested of doing, like make people happy on this or on that side. Wow. Uh, and this is why I, I decided to become a chef. I was not really good on, in, in school either. And uh, so I, yeah, I think, I think that was a good option. comes with the territory almost, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but it, it makes it hard when you get to the top and it's like, oh my God, now I'm managing teams. I need to be good at my schoolwork again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why exactly. didn't I learn that? <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think uh, advice to people who are get the basics at school, please, before you get out of school. But um, so age. So when did you start in the kitchen? So so I started around seventeen years old. Yeah. And uh, and uh, well, my um, my dad told me it's good. You want to become a chef? You just need to understand that it's a hard job, and you will have to sacrifice a lot of things in your life, which is true. Yeah. And, and I knew it and, uh, and I was like, well, I'm going to go for it yeah. regardless. Uh, and uh, something I didn't want is to work in a restaurant. I just w- wanted to work in, in the best restaurants. Yeah. And, and I told myself, well, I'm going to train in, in some of the best restaurants in the world yeah. uh, until I reach a point that I'm strong enough and then I'll open my own restaurant and uh, and that's what I've done so I always worked until I came in Australia um, when I was 28 or 29 in uh, two and three Michelin star restaurants in Paris south of France London and, and, and New York tell me a little bit more about that because you know that as Australians we, we sit here and, and um, as much as we're doing amazing stuff we always there's always something that we think they're doing better or you know is it is it that much better you know in Paris and New York is the food similar or, or different or what, what is it I think to be honest um, maybe 10 years ago it was a big difference yeah um, I mean, I was not here 10 years ago, so it, it's, it's what I, I, I got told. I, I think Australia came from far in terms of product. And we come back to, to, to what we've been talking about before, using a good product, yep. make, you know, a good, the restaurant a good restaurant. Yep. And um, I think Australia is getting better and better in terms of um, getting a, a, a quality product in yep. terms of vegetables, yep. uh, the, the right meat. Uh, and all the same, I mean, in, in France and, and in Europe, we've got farmers who've been, you know, generations, generation of, of knowledge going yeah. through and, 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 and all, all the lamb is amazing. Our pork is amazing. Our beef is amazing and all this. And, and that makes obviously the, 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 even the small restaurants, a really good restaurant because yeah. the product you get is amazing. And uh, and uh, I think this is what's what, what what happened in Australia. Yeah. Like 10, 15 years ago, the the level of of, of food that we could get was not as good as it yeah. is today. 
And I think today, the level of the restaurant in Australia are equal to, to all over the world. I remember, you know, I was lucky enough to go to Paris once and the food, amazing. Coffee, not so good. What's the go with coffee in Paris? It just wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't what I was used to, I don't think. It was more of Italian style or something. But uh, I was just like, where's the coffee? I'm looking for my latte. Couldn't find one anywhere. But um, I it's think a different the, culture, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different culture. He's looking at me very disappointed. <laughs> just so you guys know, very disappointed. <laughs> um, no, I think... I, but you've made me it's a perfect um, coffee this morning, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a different culture. Yeah. Uh, in, in, uh, in France, I always drank um, uh, an espresso. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it's only when I, since I came in Australia that I admit to it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I never uh, really pay too much attention yeah, to I it. Think, I think Australia's got a mixture of a uh, little bit of American, a little bit of uh, Italian, you know. We're putting milk in it and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I try and have the piccolo and, um, you know, now seeing that you're uh, fit, as, uh, fit and healthy, uh, I might move on to almond milk as well. <laughs> um, so you worked at all these amazing places, won lots of awards, and you went, then you were in London as well? Yeah, for yep. four years. And I know the restaurant was called A Flower, what was it? Hibiscus. Hibiscus, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell me about that. Was that different again? or that was, um, that was probably the hardest four years in my life. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was really, really hard. So first was my first um, sous chef position. Yeah. So I started over there as a sous chef. And... Uh, he he had at the time two Michelin star, and so the, the chef was the business owner yep. Claude Bossy, uh, and he was, it was a um, lot of hours, a lot of hard work, a lot of pressure because he just moved this restaurant from Ludlow, a little little town, um, in uh, in uh, in the countryside of London, to uh, to London. Mm. So it was it was a lot of pressure for him to to keep those two Michelin star that he that he transferred. Uh, and, uh, and 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 all this, so the, the, it was it was incredible. Wow! But the quality of the food that we were doing, it was it was really really amazing. Do you find as chefs in general, we put a lot of pressure on? You know, I, I was a chef in the past life, but do you find that we put a lot of um, pressure on ourselves to just have this high standard, and particularly when your names on it as a restaurant owner? And as that pressure comes back through to you, and as you said, the hardest four years of your work. Has that work culture changed in Australia where we're, we are trying to balance a little bit of our life of our staff as opposed to in that, you know, 20 years ago even, if you were a chef, you were basically in the kitchen from the second you woke up till, you know, the middle of the night, it would, it would appear. Has that changed a lot? Um, I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's changing actually all over the world because... Because it's just it's just the, the way the way things changed. People yeah. don't want you. You can't work eighty hours a week yeah. your whole life. Yeah. Uh, and and you need a. It's I mean, it's very important to have a work life balance. Yeah. And when you work eighty, ninety, hundred hours a week, you don't have a life. Yeah. Because even if you have two days off, you just yeah you're, you're completely dead. out. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you sleep the whole weekend, and so the whole thing, your whole the whole you do, is work. Yeah. When I was. Uh, hibiscus so we were doing many many hours uh and uh, i remember one week doing 112 hours and still having my two days off wow and um that's when we had a fair bit of 
people calling sick and resigning and things like that. But it, it's just that the, the, the hours we were doing was so intense that when you, when you finish work, you need to go to bed. Because mm. if you go out for a drink, even if, you, if it's an egg for, for an hour, you go out, you, you just can't catch up mm. with your sleep. And you end up being tired the whole week and being behind because you can't, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to bed early tonight and it's fine, I'll catch up. You can't because you only have these limited hours of, you know, that you can sleep at night. How many hours do you sleep now? Um, I'll say between bit, around six, seven. Okay. Um, do you encourage your, your team to sleep well? It's it, the, all the, all the, I've been just getting all this bombarded with information about sleep lately and the importance of eight hours sleep, which I still can't manage to even sleep for that long, to be perfectly honest. No, I try. It's very hard. I can't. Um, and the studies are suggesting that you're, you know, you're so much better at your job. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to try that if I can sleep eight hours. Um, but yeah, just can't seem to get eight hours in. Um, okay. So then what made you come to Australia then? My wife. Okay, so, so I met uh, I met Jess in London. Yep. So she was working with me, and uh, she she's Australian, and uh, she wanted to come back to Australia. Okay. So um, I was like, okay. <laughs> so good. you ended up in Sydney. I ended up in Sydney. But she's from here, or she's from Brisbane. Right. Yeah, so okay. she didn't want to. So she she left. She she lived in London for four years. Yep. She's got an English passport as well. Her mom okay. is English. Yeah. Uh, and she didn't want to come back to Brisbane. She was like, "Well, I, I want to. Um, I want still to she be a to new experience." Cool, like Sydney. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> so you worked in Sydney for a few years. For four years. Yep. Yeah. You're mates with Alex from Labar. I am. I was not at the time. I met uh, him a couple of times. Yeah. But, uh, we uh, we we got got a bit closer since uh, since we both moved to Burley. So is it you guys that have come up and made Burley sort of cool, is it? Because you both got here at the same time. I met you both on the same day, actually. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Because <laughs> he said it was him, not you. No, he didn't say that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you two have come along and he's got a fantastic reputation. You've got a fantastic reputation. And there's a few others, like Grecker and a few other guys that have come from Sydney up in Brisbane. And, you know, everyone's going how Brisbane's a new, new cool place slash Burley. So it's... You know, it used to be Byron's got all the cool places, and it still is. And um, you know, Burley's just just kicking even better, and there's more places popping up everywhere. Uh, and Brisbane with houses with walls, that's sort of a cool place. Is that what drew drew you and your wife back, or was it the simple things of that you had an opportunity that was again on the water? Um, we so when I when I finished my um, my job in uh, in Sydney. I went on holidays in uh, in Bali, okay. and uh, and I met uh, Ben May, which is the, biz- the business owner of, of the Burley Pavilion, and he was opening uh, a place called Mississippi in Bali. Uh, and I said uh, I had no job at the time, no plan. So I said, if you need a hand to to open uh, to open it, um, I'm, I'm free for the next six months. Was that a random run into each other, or no? Or? It was connections through yeah, yeah, as okay. a friend. Yeah, um, and um, and he was like, "Well, perfect. I just lost my I just lost my head chef, so uh, so I got <laughs> on board there, and I um, we we moved up from Sydney, went to Bali for six months. My son was only six months old, so whereabouts in Bali was that? In Seminyak. Yeah, of course. Yep. And uh, and uh, that's what happened. So after living six months in Bali. 
we uh, it, it changed our vision of uh, of uh, of life, and we did not want to go back to to busy Sydney. Yeah, and uh, and so we always had our mind barren early, yeah, uh, and uh, because it's more layer uh, like lay back and yep. and chill, but it's chill little town and close to Brisbane. Um, and uh, and so we were like, well, maybe maybe we should move around uh, that direction because we, we we obviously wanted to go back to Australia. Yeah. And uh, and then this uh, this opportunity came up with with Ben and the Burley Pavilion because he bought the building three years ago and he had he had, he had this in plan. Wow. So we talked about it and that's how that's how it happened. Wow. That's that's a that's a good story. It's a good it, yeah. It's a, it's a good coincidence. So you went to Bali, and everyone knows when you when you're in Bali for a little while, you come back and you don't know how to wear shoes anymore, you know, uh, and you just want to get into the water and relax. So uh, I was talk- we talked touched on work life balance. Um, you know, you're very brown. I know you can surf, um, and I see pictures on Instagram of you and y- your family and your blonde little boy, uh, and he is um, you know running amok. Is that because of what you know your dad and how he stopped being a chef? must be really important for you to get that work-life balance it is very important and uh and i always remember what, what, what why my dad the reason why he he he, uh, he stopped being a chef um and uh and and I'm, I'm working hard on 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 being more productive at work so i can spend less time at work yeah and uh and also a, a big challenge for me uh, today is to to switch off work when i leave work yeah um because because that, that's that's what's hard so i don't spend i spend around i say 60 65 hours a week at work um and uh, I, I don't think it's too much i think it's, it's it's pretty normal uh and uh and and i'm happy with that yeah but the issue is, is that i spend a lot of time outside of work thinking of work yeah or, or answering my phone or yeah. replying to emails um and uh and 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 this is this is the poison this is what makes you work 80 hours a week (laughs) it's actually really hard to manage and um so you've got a you've got another business a little side computer business and what did we say it was called before it's chef notepad and what did i say uh, chef not bad. Chef not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so notepad, as in the thing we write in. Yeah. So, uh, chef not bad. Chef notepad. Okay. Tell us about that, because that's is that helping you streamline and become more efficient, or does that help other chefs? How does that? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so after doing um, af- after being uh, in Bali and and start doing a bit of consulting job, because I, in Bali I was pretty much a consultant and. And helping them developing the menu and and doing the costing and all this, uh, I realized that um, many chefs uh, want to do the costing of their menu because it's really important. But mm-hmm. it's really find it's very hard to find the right way to actually do your costing. Yep. Uh, and being efficient and saving time on it and it's it, it's um, it's not fun. It's no. not fun to do it. No, particularly uh, with lots of costs that move all the time. I- exactly. Yeah. So. I had, had an amazing Excel spreadsheet that I put together, uh, really efficient, uh, but it was so complex that it, it ended up being really hard to manage. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to, 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 de- to design a program who's going to put this spreadsheet in it and make it user-friendly for, for people to, 
to do the costing and to store the recipes and to cause the menus and to do the stock tech and all this. And, uh, and three years later, uh, it's finally up and running. And, um, and uh, so I'm, I've, I've been obviously testing it um, at, at the pavilion. Yep. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So mm. I've got over a handful of people using it. Okay. Uh, at the moment, and uh, and it's very successful. They, are, they they said they would never go back on the Excel spreadsheets. They save so much time. It's much more clear. Yeah. They know their costing is 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 accurate. Um, and and even here at the pavilion, I believe it make us save a lot of money because you actually know how much cost the food that goes on the plates, and you know how much you should sell it for. And uh, and it's, it's it's very quick to do. Yeah. So you've been running that since you started here. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, proofs in the pudding, it must be working after you've been doing it for over a year. So it must work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, how do people find out about that? I'll just give a quick plug here. How do we get in? How do we get there? Like we just so, find you on Instagram or as a website or? Is, uh, I've, I've got, I, I created an Instagram page and a Facebook page. And we also now have a, uh, a website called chefnotpad.com. Yep. And uh, you've got all the information you need in it. So you just start your free trial. Uh, you can test the program for, for, for 30 days, the full option. And, uh, and if you like it, you just subscribe. Wow. Um, well, we've got lots of chef listeners, so um, hopefully something comes out of that. Um, what else can we talk about? I have a list of questions here. What is, what is, um, what's your favorite fruit? Tell me about your favorite fruit and My why. favorite fruit? It would be... It would be probably a peach. Good. <laughs> you like the, the, the blood, the one I had on the salad here on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, uh, it, it's such a short season. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's actually really hard to get it right, to, yeah. to get the, 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 the peach at the right taste. Yeah. And uh, it's, um, it's, I mean, in France, uh, Peach tastes completely different than, than here. Uh, I can uh, probably tell you why. It's because I, I believe uh, that the supermarkets went for a, a firmer, longer lasting, better traveling type varieties. Told farms to pull out the ones that you would eat and have to lean forward. And if you had any facial hair, you'd find some juice in there later on. Them ones went away and they weren't growing big enough and you know, they weren't right because it wasn't about eating anymore. But there are a few farmers and a few growers who have changed that back, and now there are a few varieties that are coming through that are more about eating again. So, I think that's the reason why. Oh, why that's de happened. definitely. Yeah. Uh, and and like you said, I mean, it, what I talked earlier about Australia getting like better. getting much better and yeah. better in terms of, of of product, and this is why restaurants are getting better and better because using the right products. And it's true. I, I, I strongly believe that why a peach is not good even that is ripe yeah. it still doesn't taste the same because you, if you just finished ripening not on a tree yeah and it's uh and when he when he when the the, the fruits finish ripening on a tree and you get picked afterwards uh it tastes different yep. obviously um because you've got such a, a big depth of knowledge for apprentices and young chefs coming through you know listen to the to the to the podcast how important is it for them to go and travel? Like you, you've had that travel in your life because you started in Paris and you moved around into London and nearly, well, let's say it's easier because everything's a bit closer, but is it important for people to, to move around as, as, as 
I would just travel as young wannabe chefs? Uh, I think it is. It is. It's not not so for uh, for your chef's knowledge, uh, but to uh, to to see different culture. Yeah. Uh, first, living in another country, which is great, but also every a, a restaurant in in Paris or in New York or in London will uh, have a different culture of of the, the food that you put on a plate might be very similar, but the way the kitchen is managed, the way things are done, and 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 the way you you know the time that you eat your staff meal, uh, all those things uh, are different. Mm. Are different. So it, I think this is very important, and you you you. The chef's got the power uh, that you cook with your hands, so you, you you don't. It's okay if your language is not as like great to communicate, because you can still cook even if you don't speak the language. Yeah. So for an Australian to go cook in France, it's gonna be hard, but you can still express yourself and do a good job. Yeah. Because you can cook. And I guess that's about the one very important thing you learn at trade school is the a few French words, you know, like equipe mieux and all the French terms that we, culinary language, French. Do yeah. you use much French here or is it all English? No, I don't. No. Only when I swear. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite vegetable? Um, I would say, I would say, Again, um, a broad bean. Awesome. Young, old. Young. Yes. Uh, it's just because, again, it's 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 such a. It's not something you can get the whole year round. Yeah. So you obviously you don't get bored of it when yeah. you you know. So you when you get it, you you, you, you enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, and again, it's very hard to get to get to get right because if the broad bean grows too much, it gets a bit woody, woody and and, and, yeah. and, and too, too hard and. So when it's, uh, I, mean, I, I eat them raw, and when I serve them on my dishes, I serve them raw. And, uh, and um, the, the taste they've got, they're so sweet. Uh, this is just amazing. You taste, uh, taste the field. Wow. I love it. And you got honey on the roof, is that correct? Bees? Uh, bees on the roof? Bees on the roof, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. honey yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming close, now right. maybe another six weeks. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what other things are you doing that might be just a little bit different that uh, people will now copy? <laughs> if you tell me, is there any? You got the bees on the roof. Um, Can't tell me, can you? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else we're doing different. I mean, we are. We're trying to do as many things as we can ourselves. Yeah. Yep. Which many, like many restaurants are doing. Yeah. Um, like our bread, the sourdough. Uh, all the, all preserved and, and ferment and all those things, but this is pretty normal for restaurants. How are you going with the plastic challenge? Like we're all got this challenge of the oceans right in front of you. We want to reduce that. What what? It's really hard. It is really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I think we're all open for suggestions there. I don't think anyone's getting it right. Um, uh, but you know, it's um, you you, you got to store your um your, your food in in a container, and 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 it's true that. I mean, you, Plastic is just very easy. I mean, I'm saying this, I just bought um, 25 uh, Castro trays, which is metallic, uh, yeah. yesterday uh, to store food. But it, you, it's just plastic always going to be a cleaner up. 
What, what, what about can, those things that they, they? I've got one. Mine's shaped like a cabbage leaf at home. I bought it from probably Kmart, and you just put it on a bowl, and they they like airtight. Yeah, it. Is like, that it's sort of great thing? for home. It's great for home. <laughs> but is there an industrial version of that yet? I, I don't know it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it is. I know a few chefs are not using cling wrap anymore. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how they do. I mean, we're such a big operation. We're yeah. turning over I, I, at the pavilion. We're doing about a thousand meals a day. Mm. In here, when we're busy, we do about and at the Tropic, we do about 400 meals a day. It's um, it's a challenge that I know you know we've spoken about it. We're working towards it with you. But it is a challenge that uh, I think all businesses had and a topic that will probably come up in a, uh, another podcast broadcast in the future. Uh, I know you're very busy and I appreciate your time very much and I want to thank you for, for doing this with us today. And you're I welcome. think people have got to understand a bit more about Billy Pavilion and you and, um, and the beautiful food here, which I will vouch for, you know, 10 times over. Um, I think we can wrap up, man. Thank you so much for, for doing this uh, you're with us. And um, yeah, you're awesome. What's your Instagram? Uh, Guillaume Zika. No one's going to be able to spell that? No. So you don't want followers anyway. They can follow Burley Pavilion, <laughs> that, can that's they? That's right. They can follow Burley Pavilion <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Tropic. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. It's like the most Instagram place on, I think, the Gold Coast, I'm pretty sure. Every time I have an early meeting here with you and you get me to test the oysters, there's some girl in a bikini, 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 bikini getting a photo out the front. It's like, yeah, it's just it's everywhere. A, yeah, it's a great setting. I mean, the, 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 the whole vibe that this place have with, uh, I mean, the, the, the way um, they designed it and the furniture and all this is just stunning. And, and uh, this makes it as well. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier about what's made the venue, the Burley Pavilion. It's the, the view, the simple offering and the amazing um, uh, feel of it. Yeah. With all the furniture. Yeah, and, the ambient. And, the, the, yeah. Like these beautiful green chairs are stunning. And the, 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 the other chairs, the brown leather and the wood and the white poles and uh, the pink tile. It's just, it is a really a sexy venue. And if people haven't been here, they're, they're crazy not to. Um, Beautiful man, I know you're busy again, like I said, so thank you so much uh, you're for being a thank part you. of this podcast. Au revoir, Gimia. Thank you for being a <laughs> Thank you, or au revoir, Giam. Great having a chat with you today. Hope you guys all love that. Merci. Merci. Ah, merci. 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 Au revoir, goodbye. Okay, sort of Merci beaucoup. Guillaume? No. Guillaume. We'll get this right, okay? His name is Guillaume, okay? Uh, merci, Guillaume. You've been heaps of fun. I hope you guys all enjoyed that as much as we did. Thank you for your incredible stories, taking us everywhere. Uh, hey, if you're enjoying these podcasts as much as we are at making them, please subscribe. That's the best way to, you know, get to the next one. More coming up next weekend. Keep an eye on Instagram to find out who that's going to be, but I can tell you it's going to be good. Ciao. Thank you.